let's continue with key point number two. Key point number two is this. The crowd speculated about Jesus. Jesus is a better prophet. He is the only one begotten son of God. Let me say it again. The crowd speculated about Jesus. Jesus is a better prophet. He is the only one begotten son of God. Let's pick back up at verse nine or verse 10. And the apostles, when they had returned, told Jesus all that they had done. And then he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. When the day began to wear away, the 12 came and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place here. But Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so, made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, Jesus blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they ate, all ate and were filled, and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up from, by them. And it happened, as Jesus was alone praying, that his disciples joined him. And he asked them, saying, Who did the crowd say that I am? So they answered and said, John the Baptist, uh, but others say Elijah, and others uh, that one of the old prophets has risen again. The, what was the crowd doing here? What are they explaining to Jesus? That the crowd was speculating about Jesus. They really weren't quite sure who Jesus was at this point. They're kind of speculating. They see the, the miracles. They see him meet, feed the 5,000. They see him healing uh, the, the sick. They see the blind regaining sight. They see all these miraculous things that Jesus is doing. But now they're speculating. Not, not necessarily seeing him as the Messiah. Some are just seeing him as maybe John the Baptist has returned or Elijah or, or maybe one of the Old Testament prophets have returned. And, I mean, they wanted to know that question, who is Jesus, but they were left with just nothing but speculation. I mean, listen to this. Some say Elijah. Others say that one of the old prophets had risen again. Now, before we pick un unpack all of that, I want us to make a quick observation. Did you notice how many baskets were left over? Twelve. Do you remember how we always talk about repetition in Scripture and how important it is uh, in Scripture? When you're reading something, one of the key elements of hermeneutics, the proper way to study Scripture, is to look for things that repeat themselves. Is there any type of repetition? And so you start seeing something a second or third or fourth time. When you start seeing it a third time, uh, you know, pause and go, wait a second. Uh, I'm starting to see some repetition. There might be some significance to this. So my first question is this. Here we see 12 baskets left over. And my first question is this. Where else have I seen the number 12? 
Well, if we just go a few, you know, just turn the page, previous chapters, and and look at those, we'll see that Jairus had a daughter who uh, apparently died, and then, uh, you know, Jesus brought her back to life. Now, the question is, how old was that daughter? They thought it, thought it important to give that little detail. How old was she? She was 12. Then we're told about this woman who had an issue of blood. How long did she have that issue? Well, they thought it was important to tell us that she had that issue for 12 years. And now here we are again with the number 12 showing up. How should we think about the number 12? And how should we think about uh, 12 leftover baskets? What is, what is the point of all of this? I mean, after all, every single gospel writer, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all of them thought that this was an important detail because they're all telling us that there were 12 baskets left over. Well, 12 is often a picture of Israel because it was composed of 12 tribes. And there's two recorded miracles of Jesus that were, that, where he feeds the multitudes. We have the feeding of the 5,000, and then we also have the feeding of the 4,000. When Jesus fed the 5,000, there were 12 baskets left over. But when there were 4,000, there were seven baskets left over. Now, before we just you know get get caught up in this, I want I want to make a couple of points. One is, you know, Scripture tells us there were twelve baskets. Why why is that important? Well, there were twelve baskets. You know, that literally was how many there were left over. Uh, but they they brought something else into this. Then there were seven baskets left over with four thousand. Jesus thought it was important. It was so important that he recognized there was some symbolism here that he wanted them to learn. Now, how do I know that? We find that in Matthew chapter 16, verse 9. Listen closely to what Jesus says. He said, Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? Nor the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? So here in this single verse, Jesus is saying there was a purpose there was significance in the number of baskets that were brought up. So it wasn't just a historical fact that there were 12 baskets left over. Jesus is says, telling us there is significance in that 12. Well, I believe that what Jesus was getting at when he fed the 5,000, the key here is to understand who he was with and where he was at when these miracles were performed. When Jesus fed the 5,000, he was with the Jewish people. There were 12 baskets left over, and it was a picture of his sufficiency to feed all of Israel. He had so much bread, he had so much of the food of the fishes and the loaves that he had 12 baskets left over that he could not only feed 5,000 men, he, had, he is sufficient to feed all everyone and all of Israel. When he was feeding the 4,000, he was among Gentiles. Now there's a couple of thoughts here that's important. How many baskets were left over among the Gentiles? Seven. What does the number seven mean? Complete or whole. Jesus' ministry is complete when the Gentiles are now included. He is sufficient, not just for all of Israel, but the whole complete world. That's pretty important. 
Some have pointed out that the number seven is also associated with the Gentiles as the number of Gentile regions that there were around Israel and, and how many, uh, uh, even, even how many nations there were before the Israelites got to the promised land, uh, that there were seven of those groups. But the point is that 12 often symbolizes Israel. Seven often is a complete or wholeness and may even refer to the Gentiles. So what's the idea here? Let's get back to the number 12. 12 baskets. Jesus is sufficient to sustain all of Israel. 12-year-old daughter. Jesus is sufficient to bring life to everyone in Israel. 12-year-old medical issue. Jesus is sufficient to bring healing to everyone in Israel. So who is Jesus? Jesus is the one who gives us life when we die to self. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the one who brings healing in a broken world. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the one who sustains us each and every day. So Jesus was okay then, leaving the crowd speculating. But he wants to make sure that the disciples know with absolute certainty who Jesus is and who Jesus is not. So let's pick back up. Let's look at verse 28 and following. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And Jesus prayed. The appearance, or as Jesus prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah. Now a quick note of observation here. If there was any speculation among uh, Peter, John, or James, whether or not Jesus was Elijah or Moses, this settled the issue, right? Why? There's Jesus, and Jesus is standing there talking to Elijah or and, and Moses. Let's keep reading. Verse 31. Um, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease. That's Jesus' death. They're speaking about Jesus' death, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter... And those with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened, as they were parting from him, that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. Listen, the issue really is settled, isn't it? Jesus is clearly the Messiah. There should be no doubts at this point. He wants to stay, and Peter wants to stay on this mountaintop experience indefinitely. However, we're about to see the definitive answer to the question, who is Jesus? Listen, listen closely to verse 34. While he was saying this, so while Peter was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. But they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of these things they had seen. You know, so what? what is that? Jesus was found alone. That means Elijah and Moses uh, were now gone. 
Jesus is standing there by himself, and Peter, James, and John have their jaws dropped uh, to the floor. They're, they're in awe. And you know what? When we think about that, there's a lot of people who still speculate about Jesus. In our world today, there's still people who are speculating about Jesus. Some people say things like this. He was a good and moral teacher. Uh, they deny his divinity. They deny that he is uh, the son of God. But make no mistake, God the Father said, this is my beloved son. Some of your translations may say this, that this is my chosen one. What's he saying here? He's saying, this is the one. This is my beloved son. This is the chosen one. This is the one whom I've said from the beginning would be the Messiah. He Make no mistake about it. Jesus is more than a good teacher Jesus is, in fact, God's chosen Messiah.